You're listening to BuddhistGeeks.com, June 11th, 2007, Episode 23, Feeding the Beast. In this episode, Brad Warner talks about excited states like anger, the trouble with online community, and our attachment to ego. How do we reinforce the self, and how do we begin to work with our anger? Two questions Brad and Gwen talk about that we invite you to discuss in the comment section at Buddhist Geeks. This is part two of a three-part series. If you enjoy Buddhist Geeks podcasts, please consider supporting us through either a recurring monthly donation or a one-time donation in amount of your choice. To do so, please visit www.buddhistgeeks.com forward slash donate. We thank you for your support. Your experience staying in the temple in Shizuoka with Nishijima Sensei, has it, is it quite different from your experience working at the Santa Monica Zen Center? Well, it's a, it's a certainly a different atmosphere because generally, though, when I studied with Nishijima Sensei, he had his Zendo uh, in uh, Chiba uh, in a city called Motoyawata, uh, and that was very urban. So in a lot of ways, it's the same. Because when we're sitting in Santa Monica, there's there's a guy. Last last week, uh, there was a guy popping wheelies up. The, we have a, we're on a hill, so these this guy is like going up the hill, popping wheelies over and over and over. So it's really noisy. But then again, in Nishijima's place, the not the not the Shizuoka Temple, but his normal place in Chiba, there was a playground next door. So you're you're going there for your zazen on a Saturday morning, and it's just incredibly noisy with these kids on the playground next door but you you sit through it anyway now in shizuoka that's a that's a temple in the hills uh not exactly the mountains but uh definitely the hills in the middle of a tea field and there's really nothing around it so you get a a very different atmosphere there and that can be nice um i don't think it's absolutely necessary though a lot of people kind of look at People who haven't done the practice look at it and say, well, you know, maybe when I can get to a temple off in the mountains where there are no distractions, then I'll do it. Um, but but that isn't really uh, the right attitude. You, you need to be able to do it anywhere uh, if you want to really do it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because I was going to ask next about the colors of the mind, one of your chapters in the book, where you talk about how we look for excited states overboard mm-hmm. states. You, you touched on a little bit at the beginning, but anyway, if I can just read this. You say, nature equipped you with buttons intended for emergency use only, which were supposed to be pressed maybe 10 or 15 times throughout your life, but some of us are mashing down on these buttons every single day. Why? Because it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And admit it, one of the main reasons we're stressed is because we'd rather be stressed than, God forbid, bored. Why, why is that? Why do we prefer excited states over bored ones? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. I think we live in a culture in which that kind of thing is is really emphasized as being what life is all about, is to have these kind of excitement, these uh, these exciting experiences. And I don't I don't think that's terribly different from the way it was in the past and and perhaps we're improving because in the past what was exciting was to run off to the next village and go slaughter everybody and and now we we 
play football instead or something. So, so perhaps it's getting a little bit better. But we still haven't lost that idea that we need to be excited. And I don't know exactly why that is. I think it's because the way our brain works and the way we kind of, as I said earlier, we kind of organize our lives and our memories when we're thinking about our lives in terms of the things that were really exciting. And we kind of get fooled by that into thinking that all of our life should be exciting. And we're living in a culture now in which excitement is much easier to find. And that that can be a problem because you can get lost in things like the people who are listening to this in the future you know whenever it goes up are are searching around as i've done in in my own life too on the internet to find something exciting and and you know these these people who just get lost in that for hours and hours and days uh you know my dad when he first got the internet it was like you couldn't even get him out of his you know his room anymore uh he's over that now but but that's kind of a lot of people never get over that and just this kind of constant search for something exciting and something interesting. And we don't really need all that interesting stuff. It's not not really good for you. Are you feeding the beast with your blog? Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I see like 300 comments. I'm like, oh, my God, everyone's yeah. reading Brad's blog. <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird. I, I don't know what, what's going on there. But, uh, you know, I... I I well, I don't read every comment because it just gets to be too much. But yeah, I um maybe I don't know. I I kind of figure if if people are going to be writing things, somebody should be writing something a little different from what else is out there, and so I try to, um, and I enjoy writing, and so I I just I just do this anyway, and so now instead of doing it and putting it in a notebook somewhere that I might look at in 10 years, I can put it up and let other people comment about it, which is, which is weird, but you know. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's also a great segue to uh, the next chapter, which is kill your anger. Uh, (laughs) A lot of people get angry reading your blog, um, the suicide girls stuff. uh, You know, there's even some kind of debate in the, the, the Buddhist kind of online community oh my god uh brad's blogging at suicide girls so um you know you talk about in the book uh about seeing our own anger you know for what it really is and you you deal with it with quite a light light touch and a lot of humor i think in the book so um especially those of us that call ourselves buddhists um we're we can be a bit self-righteous perhaps sometimes and um maybe uh attached to our particular ideas so when we come across a new one uh there is their anger does sometimes come up yeah yeah i don't know it's always weird to me what people get angry about in in the things i write because sometimes i'll write something and you're thinking wow this is going to make people really angry but but i think it's important to say and i put it up and and it's just like no one responds or even notices that and then i'll put something up that that to me is just obvious like 
the sky is blue and then everybody like starts to to go into debating it so so i so i don't know uh what gets people upset but as far as anger in general the the problem with anger is anger is always a way to reinforce your idea of self because i must exist because i'm angry uh over something so it's difficult to get to the real source of anger when i see all the things that are kind of put out in the culture as ways to deal with anger most of them are just other ways to reinforce the self or or to try to replace one set of thoughts with another set of thoughts and these can kind of work as a stopgap measure but they won't get at the root of the problem um because i i tried a lot of these things because i'm generally a, a a kind of angry person i i don't seem to be so much anymore uh but i'm i'm sort of coming from being a real hot-headed sort of guy and trying to deal with that all the time and the and the the sort of pain you go through out of being angry so trying to address the root cause of anger means means getting at at the self and you don't want to give that up most of us are really really uh, attached to that and we don't want to have to even examine it um and if you actually are serious about transcending anger or doing something about your own anger that's what you have to get at and that's tough yeah you have to look at yourself and you have to look at where anger really comes from i mean it doesn't come from outside it it always comes from you you're always bringing it up but you um sort of artificially place it outside and say that guy made me angry um and it's really hard you know sometimes you are certain you're right uh and the other guy is wrong but you you tend to um leap into the wrong ways of dealing with even that situation um it's hard to come up with a concrete exa- uh, example but um but we all do this Sure. This this weekend I was at peacemaker training and it uh-huh. was called transforming self and you sort of jokingly asked me am I transformed? And yeah. <laughs> one of the the parts of the weekend was a workshop on triggers and doing mm-hmm. work with things that trigger us um mm-hmm. into these emotional states. And uh you looked at the trigger, for example, um someone recently said that I had lied and called me a liar and uh mm-hmm. And so then we keep tracing back, like, what's our initial reaction is anger. Maybe under that is embarrassment. Under that is sadness. Under that, ultimately, maybe the fear of annihilation or death or, like, not being seen. So, you know, like, I wonder how, um, and maybe this is sort of a new age approach. And, you know, sitting there is sort of a, a skeptic in a way saying, mm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if tracing back like this is necessarily helpful or if every trigger can be traced back to this, this, um, source or this core belief uh but i do wonder um if observing what triggers us and then observing our anger in that way can be like a powerful tool for for quote-unquote transformation it might be um it's hard to say because my my approach has been throughout my life much less analytical than that uh so so maybe because i'm basically dumb i don't 
sit around and and think things through in that in that sort of way um you know as the levels of 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 this and that um it's it's more just noticing that i'm angry and trying to understand that feeling by experiencing it one of the things we do with anger is is uh, we try to force the experience away and that may not be so helpful but but then again if i say that then people will be going oh yeah we should let it out and then you know punch a wall or something but that that doesn't help either because that uh that tends to just reinforce the anger some more um, really kind of sitting with it. My first teacher always said that when you have a problem, the best thing to do is just sit with it. And one, one of the interesting things about anger is, is every time I look at it, I find that I've put myself in the situation that made me angry. And it's, it's a bit mysterious. Uh, because you don't think of yourself doing that. But Every time I look at it, that's always the case, um, and and I just notice that and think, well, here's here's what I wanted, and and I got it. Uh, so, so who's to blame for that? This has been a presentation of BuddhistGeeks.com, copyright 2007. Music in this podcast provided by C for Chaos. For more great music and writing, visit his blog at www.cforchaos.com. Join us for the fourth annual Buddhist Geeks Conference, hosted in partnership with Mindful Cyborgs and Shambhala Sun from October 16th through the 19th in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. This year's conference will be exploring the convergence of Buddhism with modern culture and technology through informative keynote presentations, idea-packed TED-style talks, self-organizing community dialogues, and contemplative workshops and practice periods. This year's list of presenters includes the world's most quantified man, Chris Dancy, abbot of the village Zendo in New York City, Roshi Pat Enkyo O'Hara, and Pragmatic Dharma Provocateur Daniel Ingram, as well as many others. For more information and to register, visit BuddhistGeeks.com conference. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.